Hi everyone, welcome to Crossroads. We're glad you joined us today. We've got some things coming up we'd like to share with you. Yes, and Canopy Kids is being offered right now at both 9.30 and 11 a.m. service, as well as online. You can check it out on our website. Coming up on August 14th, we have our last drive-in movie. We're gonna be showing Frozen 2. Come on up at eight o'clock. We're gonna have a concession stand, and we look forward to seeing you there. Hey guys, last thing before we get started, if you're interested in being a part of the worship team, if you're a gifted singer or you're gifted at playing an instrument, or you just want to know some more information, I'd love if you would contact me. You can email me. We can coordinate a time to talk through some of this stuff, or we can uh, schedule an audition time. I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Um, we're going to get started here in about 30 seconds. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Everybody, welcome both here in the room and online. Stand up. We're going to sing together. Lift your voice wherever you're at. Proclaim the name of Jesus. Come on. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs in love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be Shout of praise to the Lord, it's... 
sing. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Yeah. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Yes, I do. See the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered. Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. testify about the goodness of God. Amen. Anybody else? Come on, people. All right, you guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you in person and online. Uh, I just, I love, I love singing with you guys. You guys sound good. And God is good and he deserves our praise. And I think it's like, there's, I love, I love this week on on Wednesday night during prayer time, Ken, we were reading a a verse and, and we were just really, really stirring this up. But isn't it cool that when God gets our attention, he doesn't point us back to the things that we're struggling with. He points us to himself and he tells us to seek him. It's like, there's no better way to take your eyes and concerns and focus off of the things of the world and seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him, like focus on the character of God instead of the the wavering, changing every day character of our world, which there really is no character. 
And so I'm just, I want to give you the truth, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to start a brand new series called Facing Your Giants today, and I'm, I'm, it was, it's just been an awesome past two services, and I'm looking forward to another one. Um, three things I want to share with you. One is that we know we've got a lot of kids um, that aren't here, and we got kids that are here, and so we want to put resources uh, for you with kids, and also those that have, you know, people that you know that have kids. Um, so every Sunday, there's fresh material that's coming out. It's going to be on the front page of our website. Uh, there's a Bible lesson, there's a missions focus, and there's life application. And so they're like less than 10 minutes, which is most of our attention span. And so it's great to put in front of your kids just to continue to give them the word of God and continue to give them just, you know, folk, like teach your kids to lean into God. If you've been looking for an opportunity to talk to your kids about God and about a relationship with Jesus, like now's the time. Like let them lean into God. Let them give them truth. Get them something to stand on. And so every Sunday on the front page of our website, there's, there's just going to be a just video, a brand new video every week just to get the word of God and to get just Jesus in front of your kids. And so uh, this is uh, really good stuff, and my kids love it. I'll play in the car, play with them while I'm home, play before bedtime, all kinds of different ways to use it. But we want to put resources in your hands to teach your kids about the Lord. And we know we have a lot of families that are not with us, so we want to make sure that we can reach everybody. The second thing is we have our drive-in movie, our third one, uh, Frozen 2. Uh, I heard a lot more adults clap last hour than I did the kids. Yeah, we, we, like, we like Frozen too. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's going to be on August 14th, and uh, we're asking you RSVP online on the front page of our website. Just let us know you're coming so we can plan. Uh, but bring up your truck, bring up your car. You can bring a lawn chair. You can sit inside your car. You can tune in and listen, or you can sit outside, whatever, uh, wherever your comfort, comfort level is. Uh, but this is a great opportunity to connect. This kid pulled me aside last time we had the drive-in movie, and he said, please tell me there's one next weekend. I said, son, there's not. He goes, well, when's the next one? I said, August 14th. He goes, all right, I'm putting on my calendar. I'm like, that's, I'm impressed. You're 10 years old and you have a calendar. He goes, I'm a calendar. He's like, but I'm going to put it on there. I'm like, all right, we'll see you August 14th. But um, it's been a great time to connect. So come on up on August 14th and, and, and just watch a good movie. And more importantly, just remind yourself that there, that, that there are people that love you and people that care about you. Third thing is, you heard Zach mention on the video, if you are interested in singing or playing any instrument on the worship team, would you come talk to Zach? And he'd love to talk to you more about that. God's doing a, a great work in our worship team ministry, and so we'd love to connect with you. So grab Zach afterwards, and he'd love to share and, and just to connect with you and talk more about that. Um, but guys, I want to I share with you three verses from Psalm 40 as we continue on. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And this is, this is what gets me. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. We were watching a show on TV, and, and there was a commercial that popped on. And uh, my son just looked at me, and he said, Dad, I bet you a lot of people are going to trust God during this time. And I said, Son, you're right. You're right, because people, people are drawn to fear. And if we give them the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our hope and our prayer is that they would take their eyes off of fear and put it onto Christ. And so let's keep praying in that and leaning into God's truth. And, and I believe that many people are trusting him and many people will trust him. So let's continue to lean into the Lord. Thank you guys for being faithful in giving. Uh, you can give online through the mail or in the boxes in the lobby or in the auditorium. But it's good to be on mission with you guys. Let's continue on. Lord, we love you. I'm thankful for your word. Lord, we... Um, I feel like a lot of us, a lot of, so many times we can find ourselves like David. God, we're just, we're coming to you in the morning, we're coming to you at night, we're coming to you on the way to work, on the way home from work, or we're just sitting outside and we're just struggling and we're giving, we're giving you our heart. And God, you meet us every time, whether we acknowledge it or not. And Lord, I just thank you that you take us from the pit and you put us on firm, solid ground. And that's Jesus. So Lord, we're going to lean into you, this our solid rock, and we will fear you. We will not fear the world. We will fear you, and we will be in awe of you, and we will trust in you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In the powerful name of Christ, we pray. Amen.
Father, we thank you. You've rescued our soul. You're the one who gives us hope. You're the reason we sing. We love you, Lord. Soften our hearts as we hear your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's because of his cross that we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. glad to be here this morning. Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. Amen. What a great God. As uh, we jump into our new series today, Facing Your Giants, uh, you know, we had a great week last week with Pastor Jim, didn't we? Uh, he wrapped up Flannel Graph series with David and Goliath. Can we thank God for Pastor Jim? What an awesome, awesome day that was. And if you missed that, I want you to go online and look it up. You can see it. It's on our website. And uh, just hear what Pastor Jim had to say. Uh, he, he rocked it, man. He, 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 like, he kept my attention the whole time. I, was, I never had enjoyed church so much. I was just sitting there the whole time, right? I was like, oh, well, that's because I got to sit there. That's why, right? Uh, but it was just a wonderful day last week. And, and what he did was he brought us up to speed on uh, David and Goliath. And, uh, and it's really the launching into our next series here, Facing Your Giants. We're going to go back and we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 today. We're going, to, we're going to be gleaning some thoughts. We're not there yet, though, all right? We'll go back. Hunter, thanks. All right, Hunter's jumping ahead. Give Hunter a hand. That's my nephew back here. He's my man. Hunter is the man. Hunter has to put up with me all the time, all the time. You know, he's, he's, he's always with me, but I appreciate Hunter. And uh, as, as we jump, we're going to jump in in just a little bit. We're going to be looking through um, and, and seeing David and Goliath. And there's some things that we're going to look at over the next few weeks that were from David and Goliath. And as you think about David, this little kid that goes up against the giant, I want to remind you, as Pastor Jim reminded us last week, that David and Goliath was really showing us the picture of the ultimate giant that was fought. God took care of the ultimate giant on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sin once for all forever, and he nailed that to the ground. Like, that's over. It is finished. When Jesus died on the cross, it is finished. It's over. It's It's settled. And, uh, and, and then when Jesus rose from the grave, he validated that. And so that is it. And so your greatest giant has been conquered. Can we thank God for that this morning? Your greatest giant has been conquered. But I want to remind you, though, as, we, as we're living, you know, we think about eternal life, and then you think about the life that you have. Jesus came and he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. John 10.10, 10, all right? So that you might have life and, and a complete life. So if that is only talking about eternal life, that's one thing, and it's only talking about this life, it's another thing. It's talking about life that starts now and goes for eternity. So I'm excited about eternal life because, you know what, the older I get, the more I look and I say, well, 90 years old, if I live to be 90, I will think I've achieved something pretty incredible. And by a Barner standard, that will be a miracle is all I'll say, all right? Uh, most, of, most of my family members, we, I haven't been to a 90-year-old funeral with the last name Barner, all right? Most of them were, were, well, I don't even want to talk about it. They don't get that long, all right? But I want you to think about this um, if, that's, if my whole life is here or my whole life is out there, I have struggles right now, and there are giants in your life that God wants you to overcome now. I'm thrilled that I'm going to spend eternity with God. That is, that is awesome, and I want you to know for sure that you, can, uh, that you can spend eternity with God. That is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And when you know that, it changes everything about your life. Did you catch that? When you know everything about, when you know that you have eternal life, it changes everything about this life. And so when you get into this life, God says, I have come that you might have a life. And I have found that many believers don't walk in that life. Many believers are, are, are talking about eternal life, but they forgot that God has given them the ability to come up about, against the giants in their life. And I want you to consider David as we go back and look at, the, at the, uh, the history of David and Goliath. David was just a young man. He was under 20 years old. 
because we know that he was too young to get into the army, and to be in the Israelite army, he had to be 20 years old at that point. So he was under 20 years old. So let's just say he's 18 years old. He's a young man, and, uh, and he's going out, and he hears the same battle cry of the, of the giant that everybody else hears. 1 Samuel 17.10, what's it say here? This is the the voice of the giant. Goliath is is yelling to the children of Israel. He says, I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Send me a man who will fight me. So here's David. David's just a young man. He's out tending sheep. He comes back from tending his sheep, and he comes in with bread and cheese to deliver to his brothers who are on the battlefront. And so as he comes back with his bread and cheese to deliver to his brothers, um, he hears this battle cry. But look how he responds. He, he hears the battle cry, and then he goes out, and he has a response. Here's his response. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had, and, and, and his sling was in his hand. So he hears the battle cry, and then look what he says. He goes out, gets the stones, and he drew near to the Philistine. He came up, and he faced the giant. Folks, there are giants in our life that we have got to face. And I want you to think about this because as we see the example of David, David drew near the Philistine. He wasn't running and hiding from the giant, and he wasn't uh, taunting the giant, but he faced the giant. Uh, David hears Goliath, and and he goes after him. He, He hears him defy the armies of God, and he makes a decision. And the decision that he makes is to confront the giant. And I want you to consider that in your life. Our own giants, isn't that what the giants in your life do? They defy God. The giants in your life. I want you to think about some of, the, some of the giants that we have to deal with today. We have to deal with the giant of fear, the giant of rejection, the, the giant of uh, addictions. There, there are so many things that, that come at us that, that, that will speak to us, and they will, they will say constant negative things to us. And what does he do? He comes up here. Nobody else was talking about it. Nobody else was volunteering to go up and confront the giant, except for this little boy that believed, I shouldn't say little boy, this young man who believed that God was God, and he understood the bigger picture here, so he's able to go up. Goliath scoffs at the kid. I want you to check this out. Uh, Verse 41 here, okay? Goliath scoffs. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by uh, by the name of his gods. You know, isn't that what happens in our life? The, the enemy, the giants in your life, they come out and they strut at us. They come out and, uh, and they say, am I a dog that you would come at me with, uh, with your little power of going to church? I mean, think about this. There's some pretty big things in your life that you're facing right now. Uh, right now we're in, the, in, the, uh, in a pandemic of fear. And the, the fear is coming at us nonstop, right? So we're, we're hearing fear. There's things that are being fed to us that, that cause fear. There, there's, uh, there's things in your life. There's um, the, the, the giant of alcoholism, the giant of addictions, the giant of anger, the giant of bitterness, the, the giant of, uh, of divorce, the giant of... And, and you go on, you, you list and keep listening. And all these things come at you. And what they do, those giants come at you, and they don't come at you with blades and swords and shields They come at you with the blade of unemployment, the blade of abandonment, the blade of depression, the blade of abuse, fear, rejection, remorse. And your your giant doesn't stand on a hill. Instead, your giant comes and he prances around in your living room, in your bedroom, in your office, in your neighborhood. And he comes around and he says, oh, you think you're going to get over me? You think that you're going to be able to have victory? And he keeps talking trash into you. And you keep hearing that trash as he talks into you. Look here at 1 Samuel 17, what the giant did here. 17 verse 16. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. What's he do? He brings you bills that you can't pay. He brings you temptation that you can't resist. 
He brings you a career that you can't escape. He brings you a past that, that, that is haunting you and he, uh, that you can't shake. And he brings you a, a future, the fear of a future that you can't even face. And these are the giants that come along into our life. And may I say this, folks, that giants tend to dominate our thoughts. Giants tend to come in and they dominate our thoughts. And, 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 and every day, this is what happens. Is, uh, and I think we have a slide there. Giants tend to dominate our thoughts. And they will, they will uh, control what you're thinking. Because, you know, when, when, when something is coming at you and, and, and it has a stronghold, and it's going to start speaking into you, start making you think that you're no good, that you can never make it, that you'll never be uh, successful, that you'll never get rid of that giant. You see, that's what was happening with the Philistines. The Philistines thought, we're never going to be able to get rid of this giant. And what happens whenever you start to hear that, when you start to hear these things in your life, well, I guess I'll just have to deal with it. I, I, that has always been there. I've always struggled with this in my life, and I will always struggle with that. Look what happened. Saul, verse 11. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. One translation says that they lost all hope. I, and I think that's what happens in our lives, isn't it? Like, like when, you hear the, when you hear the enemy coming at you, you hear the giants in your life saying that you can't overcome because of what you did when you were 17 in high school. Uh, you're no good because of what you did last week. You call yourself a Christian and you think you're going to get victory over this giant. But do you know what you said last night? Here you are sitting in church, you're watching online today, and you were last night doing that. And you see, that's what the giant does. The giant keeps coming and keeps giving you negative, keeps giving you things that are false, and keeps, keeps getting you to believe a lie. That's what giants do. Giants come and they portray fear. They make you feel as if you're never going to overcome. They make you feel as though they have won the victory. And quite often, folks, isn't that how victory gets won? The, the fear, and last week Jim said that fear neutralizes. And so as you're listening to these giants in your life, I want you to think about the giants in your life that you say I cannot overcome. The giant of bitterness, giant of anything. And it speaks into you and you think you're never going to get over it. You're never going to be able to over, overcome these things. You know Goliath's voice. You hear them all the time. You know the giant's voice. They come at you. you you're well accustomed to it. Um, you know his name. And quite frankly, the giant knows your name and keep, keep talking negative into your life all the time. But look at what David saw. I want you to catch this because this is foundational to overcoming giants in your life. What did David see? David saw the giant. There's a legit battle. And in your life, there's some giants. There's some legit battles that you've got to go after, all right? David asked the soldiers. Check this out. David asked the soldier standing nearby. So he heard the giant calling on, defying the, the armies of uh, the army of God. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. You know what David did? David comes back, and he, he comes back, and he says, listen, I'm going to start discussing God. I'm going to start talking about God. His brothers, if you read the text, his brothers never mention God. They mention the giant. They just talk about how big the giant is and how hard it's going to be overcome the giant. And they talk about the giant, the giant, the giant. Uh, Saul doesn't raise a, a mention of God. David gets here, and as we see him get on the stage, he brings up the subject of the living God. And I think it's very interesting. He says, the Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Do you realize what he did? He kept coming back, and he kept putting God in the picture. He kept bringing God to the forefront. He kept bringing, this is the power of God. Not the power of the giant, but the power of God. Uh, look at what Goliath does here. David shouted as he goes up to Goliath, verse 45. David shouted and replied, you come to me. I'm sorry. David shouted and replied, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. He goes up against the giant not in his own power. 
He doesn't come out and say, you know what, I've got five smooth stones, and I'm ready for you, my man. He says, I have come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Today the Lord will deliver you, okay? Uh, We'll go to the next page here. Today the Lord will deliver you into my hand and will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will, kill, I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. And the Lord will give you to us. No one else was discussing God. Does that sound familiar in your fight with the giants? And your fight with the big giants of your life, with, with, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, uh, an addiction you're trying to overcome or an attitude. Uh, maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's depression. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anger. And, and you go through and you, place, you, 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 you identify your giant. You know the giant that's been speaking into your life. And as you come and you look at these giants, um, who is speaking God into your life? You know what David did? David come and he said, listen, this battle belongs to the Lord. He wasn't speaking about his own battle. He wasn't talking about his own. Today, we're, we live in a world filled with self-help books. You can go out. You can find any self-help book on practically any subject. I have a number of them. I've read a lot of them, right? Um, your, your Kindle app is filled with them because there's a lot of good reading out there. But at the end of the day, David wasn't going up and saying, man, I've got the best five stones that I could find. Boy, I'll tell you what, I am well equipped to be able to handle this giant today. Um, today, um, we are looking at all these fears. We're looking at the virus versus God. Isn't that what you see in the world today? We see the virus out there. I want you to think about this because as I've been looking at this and I've been looking at, at, the, at, at the world scene, I hear a lot of negative and I go through and I hear all this negative. If you go on, you watch the news, all they do is feed you something negative. And for a while there, I was listening to multiple news channels. And every now and then I still do. I'll flick through there, right? And and I won't even give any of them credit. Because you you can become addicted to the news, which is a terrible thing to be addicted to. I'm going back to ice cream. Forget forget the news, right? So uh, it's like you, you can just listen to the news all day long. And as you're listening to the news, all you do is you get this negative, negative stuff. And pretty soon you're living in fear. And the giant is speaking, and all you're doing is listening to the giant. And I'll tell you what, sadly, folks, I have watched us as, a, as the body of Christ at large. Many times we have cowered down to the fear of what we're hearing. And we're hearing this negative thought here. We're hearing this negative thing. We're hearing that, that how bad it is. We're hearing how many deaths. We're hearing how many virus. And at the end of the day, listen, we got, I've heard more people talk to me about the virus, about the videos that we've watched online and I've watched them, you've watched them, we've all watched them. But I'll tell you what, we've got to come back to the battle belongs to the Lord. It is the battle, it is the Lord's battle. He will give us the victory. And so whether it's the battle right now of the virus, the battle of fear over the virus, the battle of fear over a relationship in your life, um, you will never defeat your giant by focusing on the giant. I want you to catch this. You'll never defeat your giant by focusing on the giant or on yourself. And this is what most people do. Most people will come and they will try and defeat the giant. They will look and they say, man, I've got this problem. And so here's how to get better self-esteem. Here's how to overcome fear. Here's how to become a better employee. And they look at the giant and try to defeat the giant on their own. Um, Even if you focus on yourself. How many people have I saw, they, they're going to get victory over their giants by becoming a better disciplined person or becoming a stronger person or just more willpower, and they, and they keep talking in these fashion. Listen, you'll never defeat the giant by focusing on the giant. Do you understand, as you look in your family, you see some generational giants? Have you ever noticed that? Like there's things that plagued your dad and plagued his dad, and plagued his dad. And some people will tell me, you know what, that's just the way it's going to be. Our family's always been messed up. And we're always going to have these messed up things in our family. And I want to encourage you, don't go that route. Let me share with you why. Because the Philistine giant, they were fighting the Philistines for 300 years. 
when Joshua first entered the land and he had to clear out the land, who was he clearing out? It was the Philistines. And he cleared them out. He cleared them out of all but three cities, out of Gaza, out of Gath, and out of Ashdod. And in Gaza was the place known for breeding of the giants. There were giants in that land. And so, so out of this Gaza comes this giant who's come against the, who has come against them this day. For 300 years, as, you know, David didn't go out to battle and say, man, my, you know, my dad fought them, and his dad fought them, and I'm going to get them. No, no, he went out and he confronted them. Because most people, whenever they think of the history of that battle, they say, well, that's just the way it's going to be. I've heard of people tell me that about alcoholism in their family. They say, well, you know, it's just the way it is. We, we've always struggled with this, and, and this will just be our struggle. Or, or divorce or, or um, joblessness. And you, the, you, you, take the, you take it. Anger. We're just angry people. This is just the way we are. How many times have I heard people say that? That's just the way that we are. Listen, folks, I want to encourage you to go up against the giant and be able to face your giant. Because if you don't face the giant, you feed the giant. Did you catch that? If you don't face the giant, you end up feeding the giant. And as you come into uh, to dealing with this, um, it's very easy for us to just make excuses for the giants. As a matter of fact, it's easy for us to have pet giants. You know, it's like I, I read the story. Uh, I think Louis Giglio tells a story about a, about a, a lady who had a pet tiger. Okay, and she bought this little tiger. When the tiger was little, the tiger was just so wonderful. And, you know, she petted the little baby tiger. And she kept feeding the tiger, and the tiger began to grow, right? And, and, and the tiger was just so beautiful. And one day, you read about this lady. She's on the news. She was <laughs> devoured by this tiger, right? Why? Because that's what tigers do. And I think many times this is what we do. We look at, we look at the giants in our life. We say, well, it'll be okay. Well, you know, as long as I keep it over here. I I know this is dangerous, but as long as I keep it confined, I keep it kind of over in here. Everything will be fine. And so so it's just just what we do. We compartmentalize, and and you end up keep feeding this tiger. And you keep petting the tiger. And you keep making yourself feel better about it. You say, okay, well, you know, pretty soon. And we, uh, uh, we put Band-Aids on the tiger. We say, well, this is going to be okay as long as it doesn't haunt me for now. And what happens is those tigers go dormant. Those giants go dormant. And then all of a sudden they come out and devour us later. Why? Because the Scripture says that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And in your life, there are things that the enemy is coming to attack you. And there are different weaknesses that you have versus that I have. And as we all have to deal with the giants, you're not going to defeat the giant by, by focusing on the giant or by, by looking at your own power and your own strength. It's okay to see your giant, but see God more. It's okay. Listen, David knew there was a giant. But you've got to come at the giant, and you have to, have to understand that, uh, that God is in the picture here. This isn't, this isn't like, oh, all this fear, fear, fear. It's like, okay, we've got to deal with this. And so young David comes out, and he says, all right, I've got to deal with this. I, 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 you know, and many people say, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to be a workaholic. I'm just, that's it. My parents were workaholics. I'm going to be a workaholic, and I'm just going to keep going to that till, the, till I die. And, and that's just how we are. Uh, divorce. Uh, I, I can't keep a friend. I can't keep a job. I mean, you've got every, every gamut of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the giants that are going to come at you and they're going to speak negative into you. Look what David did here. 1 Samuel 17, 45. David shouted and replied, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, I want you to catch this. Because not only does that, um, not only does he do that, it's a, look at David's battle cry here. He says that the armies of heaven, not only does he confront him, but look how he confronts him. I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the Lord of heaven, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. There wasn't armies of Israel, there was an army of Israel. Do you know what David was doing? David was seeing that the God was doing something more. There was more that was happening than what we could see. There was more than just the armor and all the battles. You know what? When he went up against this giant, he was, he was nine feet tall. His armor weighed 125 pounds. 
He had a size 20 neck. He had a size 56 belt. This guy, listen, these people were living in fear. And when he comes up to him, David doesn't say, okay, I know all these things. He comes up to him and says, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Um, the armies, David sees plural. He sees all the allies. And I want you to think about it. What allies was he seeing? He was understanding the angels of God. He understood that there's a spiritual warfare. And folks, I want to encourage you today that there is a spiritual warfare. The spiritual warfare that's taking place in your life today is, uh, is, is by far uh, unseen. Like you can't see as, you look at, as you're looking. Wouldn't it be great if you could take these glasses and put on the, uh, the goggles of spiritual warfare where you could look and you could see spiritual warfare. You could see angels and demons that are fighting. Could you imagine today as we're talking about overcoming massive giants in your life, massive things that have plagued you for life, as you're looking at that and you're trying to overcome that, all of a sudden, if you could look and see the armies of God, what is God doing? And you could see the angels and the demons that are in a wrestling match. Like, like, like you're watching online or you're watching here right now and there's a spiritual warfare. And in the heavenly of heavenlies, in the heavenly realm over in Ephesians 6, talks about in the heavenly realm that there is a warfare that's taking place. Like if you could see the angels and the demons wrestling to get your attention. Could you imagine... Could you imagine? And this is what David did. David's going up against this, this demon, and he's seeing uh, up against this giant, and he's seeing the angels and the demons. He's seeing that there's more. He's seeing the armies of God. And what does he do? David, uh, Goliath, we'll look here at the next verse, and Goliath moved closer to attack. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. David comes out to meet him. And in other words, he doesn't run from the trouble. He doesn't feed the trouble. He deals with it. You know what, folks? I think that we've got to do this. We have got to face our giant with a God-saturated soul. You, you, yeah, we have to deal with life. And here's what you deal with. It. Here's how you deal with it. I think we've got to come, we've got to draw some lines in our, in our life and say, listen, Satan, you have no place. Giant, you have no place in this house. Divorce will have no place in my house. I, I'm ending this right now. You can't change the past. The past is gone. But I'll tell you what, I can face my future. I don't have to live like this. And I'm, I'm going to draw this line in the sand. Alcoholism, I'm going to draw the line in the sand right here. God, that giant, and I'm not going to do it by becoming better. I'm not going to do it by learning some technique. I'm going to do it in the power of the Lord God Almighty. And that alcoholism, bitterness, bitterness will have no place in my family. Bitterness will have no place in my life. I'm not going to live bitter at the person who offended me five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. I shared earlier today about an incident in our family when I was growing up people divided for years over $50. For $50, I watched family trees no longer talk to each other for $50. Now, granted, 20 years ago, it was like 200 bucks, right? $50. You know what I have said in my life? There is a line right here, and giant, you will not come into the barner, this little barner house. We will not live in, in, in fear. We will not live in anger. We will not live in, in unforgiveness and bitterness because I've watched those giants destroy for $50. So it doesn't matter what comes my way. Listen, the line is drawn, and I have said, I, why? Because I'm facing the giant with a God-saturated soul. I'm coming at these giants, and I want to encourage you. Maybe it's the, the giant of depression. The giant of insecurity, the giant of, uh, uh, of abuse, of alcohol. You, you fill in the blank there. What is the giant that you are facing? And you get to draw the line in the sand and you say, okay, I'm coming not in my own technique, but I'm coming in the power of the Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty has fought this. And he, you know, David didn't get up there with those stones. 
And I'm sure he wasn't very confident in himself because he says it over and over. It's the power of the Lord. Look over in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. I want you to think about this David. David won this big battle, but David lost a lot of other battles. Like he come up against, as an 18-year-old boy, he came up against this massive giant, and God used him tremendously, and here we are, several thousand years later, we're reading and we're, we're learning things that are applicable to the 2020 pandemic by looking at David versus Goliath. But I also want you to know that David, as much as he stared at the giant, he stared at Bathsheba. As an affair with this lady, has her husband killed. And look what God says. God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. You know what? I'm so thankful today that being a man after God's own heart is not about a straight-A record. Aren't you? Like whenever I was a kid, I remember parents were pushing straight A's. And I'll never forget, you had, like, they, they would give us these paper report cards. Like the teacher would write on there, you know, before we figured out what whiteout was, they, w- they would write on there, you know. And, and I'll never forget Ron Gamender. He was, he, he was the hero of the church. I just want you to know that. Ron Gamender was my bus driver and took me home from school. I went to the church, had a school across the street here, and, and, and I lived in Dormont. And so he told us, you know, back in those days, if you got straight A's on your report card, you could go into McDonald's and they'd give you a free cheeseburger or something like that, okay? And there was just one problem. I never got straight A's. I never got them. I was the kid who had to buy my cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm still buying them, right? Um, I never got the straight A's. I was really good at C's. I, I majored in C's. And I told you before, C's make degrees. That's how I got through college, right? C's make degrees. And, and so I, I was never that straight-A student. I was the guy that was up, that was down, that was up. I'd study for a test. It didn't help. Some days I didn't study. That helped. I mean, I just, you know, I'll depend on, well, I'll stop there, right? But anyhow, it's like, you know, I was going to say it all depends on who you sat by, but there's teachers in the room. Anyhow, all right? Uh, I, I want you to catch us here. It, it, it was like... David, his life was up. I mean, after you defeated the giant, how could you not have just kept going in victory? And then he gets some power, and he becomes a king, and, and he goes to the same place, and he watches this lady shower, and he takes for himself, and he destroys a family and destroys so much. And, and God said, even though David was all over the map, Even though David was high, low, back high, he has the heart that I'm looking for, for he's willing to trust me. And folks, I want to encourage you because today I I wasn't the straight A kid, and I'm still not the straight A. I don't do the straight A's in my, I I can't, nobody can, nobody's perfect. And so God's not looking for perfect people, he's looking for people who will trust him. And so if you're willing to trust him, he fights the battle. And David's life was a good example of, uh, of when he didn't trust God, and he took things into his own matters. And, and so we, we see great success and great failure, but we see this, that God says that he was a man after God's own heart. Folks, we see this because David had a heart and said, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to do what God says. Look at that, he'll do everything I want him to do. Anything I ask, he'll do it. We, we must face our giants, but not alone, folks. We have to face our giants. I, uh, I have heard many people that, that know about their giants, and many people will talk about their giants, but few of them will face their giants. But you cannot face them alone. You have to go out in the power of God. And as you're looking and you're drawing some of those lines in the sand, listen, there are some, th- some giants that I have gotten absolute victory over, and I've said, God, no. That divorce has no place in my family. Anger has no place. Bitterness has no place. And as, as we go and we draw these lines in the sand, alcoholism and addictions, these have no place in our life. And so we come into not because I'm some powerful guy. 
Not because I've got this willpower and this great discipline. No, I struggle the most in all of that. But because the Lord God Almighty is fighting the battle. And so as we go out there, we say, okay, God, I'm going to come and I'm going to fight these. And you know what? It's not something that was a one-time and done deal. We have to face these things all the time because all these things are coming at us constantly. Look at, look, I want you to consider David uh, because as you do, remember that, uh, that your giants are not standing on the hillside, but they are lurking in your neighborhood. Rejection, fear, remorse. Look at what David did here. Uh, now, uh, this is foundational for, for defeating giants in your life. This, this, this is mind-blowing. 1 Samuel 17, 37, all right? I'm going to show you this. He goes through a number of things. We see him talking about the Lord. It's over and over. He talks about God. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. We see him talk about God. All right, next. The armies of the living God. He's talking, you know, who's this guy to defy the armies of the living God? He talks again, the armies of the living God. Continues on. The Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel. Uh, he, he keeps coming back to God. He keeps showing us uh, that God is involved here. Look in the next verse. Today the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He keeps coming back to God. He keeps coming back to the Lord. Look at this verse. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. See, it's the Lord, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle he will give you to us. He keeps coming back to God, coming back to God. And do you realize that only two times I see him talk about the giant? As you go through 1 Samuel 17, you only see him two times talk about this giant. Uh, there's, a, there's a giant. But I see nine times he talks about God. So there are nine times he thinks about God, and only two he thinks about the giant. Folks, let me tell you this here this morning, that David kept coming up, and, 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 and in one verse he even said, he goes back and says, the Lord let me escape the lion. He, he, he took me from the jaws of the lion. He'll take me from the jaw of this Philistine. And, and so what he did was he was remembering what God did. Over here in Philippians 4.8, the Apostle Paul says this, this is what has to happen to our thoughts, folks. If we are going to conquer we're going to overcome he says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about these things he says listen if you are going to take your mind and you're going to dwell your mind somewhere you have to go here whatever is true noble right the things that are lovely the things that are admirable and folks when you come to to dealing with your giant you've got to place your mind onto god that is where the battle is won that is where the victory will be won david goes back and he reminds himself that god took me out of the law out of the jaws of the lion and as he stands up before the battle he says man god did that he can do this now, folks, I want to share with you, th this happened to me. I shared this on a Wednesday night prayer time not too long ago here. When I was a young man, I saw God do things in my life. L listen, I've told you my story before. Seven years old, I come here and I trust Christ as my Savior. They said, come to church, you get a donut, and I'm hooked, right? Can't even have a donut now in COVID times, but I'll tell you what. We're going to get them back, all right? So, so it's like I started coming to church as a kid. And I start to see God move when I, when, when, when I was a little boy. I, see, I start to see God move whenever I, I'm a teenager. Like we, we did things. We started to trust God. And there was like tangible things I could see God work. And then I go off into college and, and I, I learn how to trust God on some very small things. And, and I'm just going to share with you one of them because it, it helps me to this day. I'll never forget, I was a young man, I was 19 years old up at Word of Life Bible Institute, and they put me in a dormitory that was the farthest possible away from the center of campus. That should have told me something right there, right? I should have paid attention on that note, right? But I was all the way out there, and I, at the center of campus over here, this is where the laundromat was. This is where the dining hall was. And so I was, I was a poor college student, okay? If you've heard that term, poor college student, I was the poster child. You know, you'd see me on that, on that poster. I had nothing. And I'll never forget, because I'm all the way out there, and here's the laundromat down here. 
And I had gotten to the point where I wore everything twice. You know what I mean? You turned it inside out. That's what we did. We got through college, right? Uh, we wore it probably two, three times. And, and, I, and I would take that and I would just stuff that all in a garbage bag. Like I, I had a big hefty trash bag. I didn't even have a hamper. I had a big hefty trash bag. And I threw all these dirty clothes in there and I tucked that dirty clothes. And I remember hauling that bag of dirty clothes and that's how I would go up and I would do my laundry. But I had no money. I didn't even have money to do laundry at this one particular instance. Not even money for laundry. And I'm saying, okay, God, you've got to provide. You've, you've got to do something here. And I'll never forget, I was learning and studying and understanding prayer and studying, uh, understanding God and faith. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to take a step of faith. Because I knew up at the laundromat that people would leave leftover soap. Okay? I was a pretty smart 19-year-old, Right? They had soap. I didn't make the, the grades, but I knew how to get, get things done, right? So people would leave leftover soap at the laundromat. And I knew that they had a stationary tub, and I could, like, just wash them by hand in a stationary tub. Then I figured, hey, after some people were done with their, with their dryer, I'll use their free dryer time, and I'll get five minutes here, five minutes there, and I'd do that, right? And I'll never forget, I'm, like, feeling humiliated. I'm feeling embarrassed walking with my hefty trash bag full of three times worn clothing. And I'm walking down to this place, and as I go to walk into the laundromat, I just about get up to the laundromat, and I'm like feeling like, oh, this is, I feel stupid. I can't believe that, like, you know, I have no money. Why did this happen? And just as I do, right before I'm getting ready to walk into there, just a few feet, a guy comes up to me, and I'll never forget this. He says, hey, Ken, how you doing? You know, on camp, college campus, you don't always see everybody. He says, man, do you remember a few months ago you lent me 20 bucks? Here's $20 back. And I will never forget that. And I said, man, okay, you know what? That's the, for me, that was the greatest thing in my 19-year-old life. Like, I just saw God show up, and he gave me a couple dollars, and I got a Coke afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, I was just so happy, and I saw the hand of God Almighty. And so as I become older, I watched God do stuff. And so for me, I go back and say, well, God, do you remember that time that I was just a young man and I was scared to death and I had no money and I saw you do that? God, there's a big giant today. God, I've got to lead a church through the pandemic. God, I don't know what to do, but I know that you know how to take that giant down. God, we've got people living in fear. We've got people that are sick. We've got all these things that are happening. God, what do I do? And so God gives me five little stones, and I go out to battle, not because of the power of the stones or because of any power in my might, but because I remember that God was over there, and just like he released Daniel, uh, like he released David from that lion, from the jaws of the lion, Daniel remembers, and he says, okay, I want to go for it. Nine thoughts about God, two thoughts about the giant. Are you four times as likely to describe the strength of God as you are the giants that you face? Folks, I've heard people tell me about their problems. I know some folks who talk about problems, and that's all they talk about. They talk about the problem. 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 But they don't talk about God. I know some people talk about the problem, talk about the problem, talk about the problem, talk about the problem, and then they slide God in. God says, I want you to talk about me. Talk about me. Talk about my power. Talk about my strength. Talk about my power. Talk about my strength. Talk about my strength. And then slide the problem in. You see the difference? Because here's what will happen. If you focus on your giant, you will fall. And this is what the world tells you to do. The world tells you to overcome the giant. You go out there and you study it and you get all the books and you figure it out. But if you, if you focus on God, your giant will fall. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, the only way to victory is going to be through God. And folks, there's things in your life, things that you are facing. There's giants. I don't know the giants that you're facing, but I know that there are giants. And maybe your giants are different than my giants. And God says, listen, how dare they defy the armies of God? I want to encourage you today to, to, to draw the line in the sand and face your giant but not in your own power and not by your, by your lonesome, 
Face your giant in the power of God Almighty. And remember, and go back, what's, what's the things that you saw in your life? What's the story of your 19-year-old experience with faith? Or maybe you just started your walk of faith. What's your story of yesterday's experience of faith? That you can remember God. Because God wants you to go back and remember his faithfulness, not your failure. So if that's you here today, would you, would you join me in prayer? If you'd like to trust Christ, I'd like to invite you to trust him. Just call on him and pray something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. I believe that you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And God, I'm trusting you with my heart and my soul for now and for eternity. And for others in this room, maybe there's a giant that you're facing. If you're not facing one now, you will. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I want to take you to the power of God Almighty. And I want to help you this morning. Maybe your prayer would be, God, help me to think, to focus my thoughts on the God of the universe and not onto my giant. Help me to face that giant and not see the giant but see the armies of God. Lord, I pray you'll be with each one of us. God, we have giants in the land. There's giants in our families. There's giants in our communities. There's giants that, that we've got to, we have to lay down and say, look, I'm not going to let the enemy come over and take over. But it's not me. It's going to be the battle belongs to the Lord. God, be with us as we take this journey to, uh, to overcome some of the great things we must deal with. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being here today. i just uh, so thankful. I, want, I just see Krista is here today. I want to share with you, if you go on Facebook, you'll see there's a video floating out there. Krista was a part of one of our small group, life groups out there. And uh, she trusted Jesus as her Savior. And they asked me to come and do a baptism, and we did a baptism in a swimming pool this week. So can we give Krista a hand? We're so glad that she's here today, all right? So you see Krista afterwards, and uh, you, you, you say hi to her and encourage her in her faith, and uh, we're just so thankful for the miracles that God's doing, even in some crazy times. God bless you. You are dismissed. This dark room in silence, fuel imagination.